I'm Chloe Maidley and welcome back to the podcast. On this podcast, I speak to professional athletes, coaches, physique competitors, dietitians, and leaders in the field from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoyed today's guest. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, review and leave a comment. Thank you so much, guys. Let's get started. everybody and welcome back to series four of the podcast. Today's guest is my fellow coach and Instagram buddy Andy Hamilton. Andy is extremely experienced and a brilliant personal trainer, online coach, bodybuilder and just a fucking good professional to be honest who talks the talk, walks the walk and accepts no shit in our industry of which there is a lot and that is exactly why he's here today. So welcome to the podcast Andy. Thank you. Is is the the word experience that just mean old bastard because that's that's pretty much what it sounds like oldest fuck has been lifting since he was a kid exactly exactly (laughs) so i should probably tell the audience so andy works with emma and anybody who listens to the 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 podcast or just kind of follows me on instagram will know exactly who emma is and they work together on their own coaching platform and i started following andy because i i you know heard him on a couple of her podcasts and loved him andy's instagram account is probably one of my favorites in terms of the world of health and fitness and we will get to why but before we get to that do you want to do what all of my guests do right off the bat and just introduce yourself to my audience tell everybody who you are, what you do, what your vibe is, what your tribe is, etc., etc. So, and uh, I'm Andy Hamilton. I am the owner of Alba Lifestyle Personal Training. Um, so, I have a studio in Edinburgh. I've been doing this for this will be 21 years now. Got into coaching and have just been in it ever since. Absolutely love working with people, um, whether that be in person or online. Always been a people person, so I think mixing fitness and people is probably exactly where I needed to be in my career. Similar, similar to you, I do a bit of work with, with do, I do quite a lot of work with Emma, um, and she's awesome. And it's, I think, for me, the fitness industry is very, very simple. People make it difficult. And it's generally the same dicks that make it difficult. <laughs> and that's the sad thing about it. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, there's many ways to skin a cat, but unfortunately, people just introduce stupid ways of doing things. And it's it can be a bit, it can be pretty murky, is probably the best way to describe it. And as far as I'm concerned, my idea for most of what I do is it's just trying to clear that up for people, make things black and white, and just make sure that they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and I love that you do that. And I even find myself, I think, because I obviously to go into this, you do at some stage have to kind of fall in love with the science before most of us are like, we get a little bit geeky about it. And then you realize quite quickly as a professional, you actually are causing more trouble than it's worth the more you talk about some of that stuff, because that's not necessarily why everybody else is doing it, or they'd be in the industry as well. And I have to say, like, I really, really like how you cut through the bullshit and you basically, you make it simple, you make it doable. And, and that is what gets people results. And um, I mean, I, I didn't realize you'd been doing it for 21 years. I mean, that is that is quite something that's more than double how long I've been doing it for. What would you say in your experience, having been doing it for this long, has really changed in the industry in terms of both coaching and also just kind of like lifting like gym environment what do you feel like has really changed in that time um i think there's it's been it's been huge it's been whole scale changes really more than anything else i think you go back to 
basics. Like when I first started, it was really simple. You know, you had your your old school gym users would help the young guys and the young girls coming at the gym. Nowadays, everybody kind of looks down on them, and it's a bit sad because you can learn a lot from these old school guys and girls in the gym. Like some real good information comes from there. There's also some shit comes from it as well, but there is some real good information. And exactly as you said, like you know, the the issue that the fitness industry has now is it tries to be too smart it tries to talk above the level of a client so if you're working with somebody and you'll know this from from the experience that you have of working with clients if you, you can talk to them at a level that they understand and they will go away and do exactly what you ask them to do but if you try to boost your ego and blow smoke up your own ass by talking at a level they don't understand they've not got a fucking clue like they're, they're just going to be like oh, I don't know what I'm doing and then that's it it's done I've noticed that too. There is paralysis by analysis. I definitely went through a phase and I still catch myself up in it now and I absolutely see clients doing it. The more information you give them, the more information you have, the more you get in your own fucking way. And sometimes the best thing to do is just to have the point, have the bullet points, the non-negotiables of which there are all of about four and execute and then get the fuck on with your life. And I had it with a client this morning who's just everything's so all or nothing and everything's so overthought, which is really normal, that she she can't get consistent. That really is the key. You have like the four non-negotiables and you get the fuck on with it and you're done. Like that's it, that's how you get results. And you know, it, you're right, you know, I remember when I had Eric Helms on, on the last series and I said, you know, bro science and the bro science of yesterday. And, and I guess I kind of asked what I didn't mean to be, but quite a disrespectful question to somebody who is a bodybuilding geek, you know, and has been his, that's his come yeah. up. And he was like, he was like, hey, he was like, look, bro science might not have had the right reasoning, but it fucking worked and it worked for a reason. And actually maybe there's not enough of that kind of application in today's coaching world. A hundred percent. I think what you've got to do is you've got to sit in the middle and just go, look, this is the science. This is what we have down on paper that claims or says that things work but this is what we do in the gym this is what we do with our training with our eating and the practical side of stuff and merge it Mm. it's exactly the same as life nowadays i say this regularly that everybody is either they're all polar opposites we need to sit in the middle and understand that you can take ideas from both sides merge them and make them work you know that's how things happen you know and again it's just making things easy but you know you know what life's like you know you've you've spoken about a lot of this kind of stuff with you know things about people trolling you etc online as soon as you say something someone's going to be freaking butthurt about it like it doesn't matter doesn't matter which side it's from rather than sitting in the middle and just going you know what i i respect your opinion but i've got this and this is yeah. what I do. So rather than doing that, like, and that's what we should be doing. We should be sitting in the middle. This is the scientific stuff. This is the actual applied things that we can work together and merge them, see what works. And yeah. that's what you do. It is absolutely fair, fair to say that. And I've found this on social media, but also just the media in general. If you are not coming in with an extreme message and even a very well-known coach who we all know, you know, did a whole post the other day on why polarizing everybody is so important. Now, listen, I'm really pro having a right and a left, and I am really pro, you know, forcing discussion so that people can find that middle ground and they can find that quote unquote average man or that the kind of the the optimal.
normal versus the achievable. And I do agree with that. But actually, like, this extreme messaging is causing a huge fucking problem in our industry and in politics and socially all over the world. And I think everybody needs to sit the fuck down and get comfortable with maybe sitting somewhere in the middle and maybe being a little more analytical and less kind of dogmatic about things, I think is hugely missing. (laughs) 100%. We're now in a generation that's pretty much sits either wide left or wide right. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I've always I've always been somebody who doesn't sit on the fence. But with a lot of things, I actually do sit on the fence. I sit on the fence and go, do you know what? I can see the benefit of that, but I also can see the downside of it. So yeah. where do we sit and how you've got to make opinions based on what your life experience is, what you see going forward. But this whole thing about just shouting people down because they have a slightly different opinion than you, does, do you actually get anything from that? You get this whole pressure about, oh, but freedom of speech, fuck off. There's, that's not freedom of speech, that's just being no, an but, arsehole. But this is the thing, everybody loves shouting about freedom of speech and they don't know anything about freedom of speech. Yeah. Freedom of speech is every kind of speech uh, other than hate speech. And a lot of the time when people go, no, it's freedom of speech, it's like, no, actually, that falls into the bit, the bit that's exempt yeah. from freedom of speech. So know what you're talking about. At least know what you're saying before you start championing your bullshit cause. 100%. right so having put the world to rights a little already this segues nicely so andy and i have been speaking about this episode for months because andy has a bit that he does on instagram called real talk and i shit you not i live for these posts james and i send them to each other all day long because they're just so brilliant i'm not really gonna bother explaining it i'm actually just gonna uh start reading them out And then Andy and I are going to discuss the subject matter. And I've kind of written my own equivalents, kind of things that they they sparked off in my head when I read them. So the first one, real talk, exercise selection. Pick the exercises that line up with your goals. Don't pick exercises to satisfy your gym boner. Andy, go. (laughs) This is just genuinely... Social media is a great tool to have. It's also the biggest fucking ball ache known to man if you're a coach because some of the exercises that you see in the gym, like I did another real talk yesterday about watching somebody on the abductor machine standing up. <laughs> like It's like watching some kind of pornography. It really is. You're just sitting going, genuinely, what are you doing? Like it's, I'm trying to work my glutes. Well, for a start, it doesn't even fucking target your glutes. It's just it's <laughs> the biggest. I think the biggest issue that we have is is that as humans, we like to experience everything being quite new and fresh. The issue that we have with training is is that the basics work. So you have a set, set selection of exercises that have worked for fucking hundreds of years. Back, watch Arnold. Arnold did the same movements. You go back to the eighties. Ronnie Coleman did the same movements. In the noughties or the nineties, Dorian Yates did the same movements. Mm. And why is that? It's because those movements work. Stick with those movements and don't piss about with them. You know what it's like? You go into a gym and you see folk trying brand new stuff just because it looks funny. Or it lo- oh, yeah. I think it may look sexy, so I'm going to put this all over my social media. It's like, oh, yeah. great, but it does fucking nothing for you. So Yeah, I think it, I say this all the time. I'm like, a lot of the time the exercises that you see on Instagram that look great 
really don't have a place in your let me build a perfect physique plan like you say there are are certain movements that are absolutely brilliant but you know hanging up and I'm guilty of doing this on photo shoots because photographers ask me to and you you just do what the photographer tells you to do at a shoot otherwise it gets very awkward very quickly (laughs) Um, uh, I'm just gonna stand here Um, but like hanging upside down from the monkey bars doing like some kind of sit up upside down sit up I'm like just no just get the fuck off that and go over there and go do some core work like it I completely and do you know what's so funny as well with the abductor machine this is the machine that pisses me off okay so this is my equivalent that I wrote here be respectful of limited gym equipment and what I mean by this is I love the abductor machine, right? I really feel it. I really enjoy doing it. Like I, I make sure that like once a week I'll, I'll sit my ass down on it and I'll like, I'll, I'll do some like pretty heavy weight and, and get it done. The amount of times that I just see some random woman and it's always a woman, it's never a man, <laughs> sat there doing absolutely nothing but opening and closing her legs while she's chatting to her friend who's on uh, the adductor machine next to her or just texting and I'm like please be respectful of the fact that that's a piece of equipment that I would actually really like to use and you're not even actually using it you're literally just sitting down like it's really annoying yeah it's also as well the reason that you don't see guys on these pieces of kit is because generally they'll try and make eye contact with you whilst they're opening and shutting their legs so that gets (laughs) that can be a bit creepy it can be a bit like oh fuck really (laughs) yeah it's like do you remember the old one which is like never eat a banana on this machine yep (laughs) (laughs) one of the first memes ever about that machine um and then i also put here as a note of that like be respectful of limited gym equipment it really annoys me when like gym bros go into the squat rack and we all know that like one of the most kind of used and busy pieces of equipment in the gym is the squat rack right like in my gym you are fucking lucky if you can get on one of them there's two and they're always being used i really hate it when boys are in there doing like military press I'm like, of all the places, of all the weights, of all the options, you had to go in the squat rack and do a fucking military press. Yeah, and generally it's fucking using two and a half kilos each side. So yes, <laughs> so you don't need to rack you it. Don't need, you don't need to rack it exactly. No, there's the, it's the same thing as like I quite I, I quite enjoy annoying people by putting up videos of curling in the squat rack. And it's quite funny. <laughs> One, because I've got my own squat rack in my studio and I can do it because it's my squat rack. But two, like if I'm using a barbell to curl in the squat rack, it's generally because nobody's using the squat rack. If somebody's Nobody using the squat, if somebody's wanting the squat rack, I will move straight away. But mm. it is what it is. It's but as you, exactly as you say, you know, there's certain bits of kit like people who use the leg press and like put loads of weight on it do shitty one-fifth reps and then sit and text on their phone for the next 20 minutes like get the fuck off a bit of kit i want to use it like say that i mean yeah i don't know if there was a, somebody tagged me in a video the other day actually that was a girl who's like she's doing leg press and then she f- pretty much rolls off it and the guy just comes up and picks her up by our, our weight belt and puts her back on to finish the set <laughs> you'd like to do the, the opposite way around though just grab the guy by his belt just drag him off you're not doing anything get off the gym <laughs> But, get off the fucking thing uh, yeah. do you remember when like one of the good things I actually like about like the COVID gym social distancing thing is that like now nobody can come in and be like can I jump in I'm like no you can't because <laughs> we well, social distance I, I remember having this discussion with somebody and it was it was somebody was like oh you know working in and I'm like right okay I agree with working in right okay we're working in the bench I'm benching 140 for for sets and how much are you benching? 40 kilos. Fuck off. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm the taking a, thanks. I'm taking 100 kilos off this just so you can bench. Just wait. 
this is exactly why like whenever james and i do like interviews together we talk about working out or even just separately and they're like do you guys train together it's like of course we don't train together think of that think of how time consuming and monotonous that would get having to unrack and re-rack and like unrack and re i mean jesus fucking christ no we don't fucking train together not not even that it's that general one couples that stay that train together stay together no they fucking don't they get divorced because you end up trying to kill each other absolutely like training with james is the most horrific thing in the world he's got something to say about everything and he gets i don't know if this is a guy thing because i feel like my ex used to do this as well he gets like really angry when he trains like he's angry he looks angry he moves angrily like, i don't actually really like being near him I, I think it probably is a bloke thing it's the, the primal instinct coming out in you you're i'm gonna chuck weights around and i'll probably do the same thing laura's like my fiance laura's like she hates training with me she'll she'll train around the area and do other stuff but you see her looking over just going fuck are you doing (laughs) (laughs) fuck's wrong with you Uh, exactly (laughs) smile (laughs) (laughs) oh my god smile okay right let's move on to the next one okay you ready real talk on social media you follow the five percent of the population whose full-time job it is to stay in incredible shape year round stop comparing yourself to them Andy, speak. Yeah, I think um, I think what we need to realise is that we generally, if you are anyway enjoy your fitness, you'll generally follow accounts of people who are shredded and in great nick all year round. The difficulty that you have with that is, is that you then start to compare yourself to them, as in, why can't I be like this person? Or why can't I have abs like that? Well, you're not a professional athlete. You have a wife or a husband you have two kids you have a fucking dog you've got a, a nine-to-five job you've then also got to juggle make, getting food cooking food cleaning your house these people don't have to worry about that stuff like it's comparing yourself to prof- that's like me going back to i'm going back to playing football and i'm like oh why can't i make the same money as cristiano ronaldo i'm not playing <laughs> the same fucking level for a start and i'm also not good enough but yeah i think it's it's something that we fall in a massive trap with i think if you People are going onto their social media. You probably follow 95%, 95% of the people that you follow will be that 5% of people that are shredded all year round. So it's actually a, oh, yeah. a lot amount, a lot of people that you're watching day in, day out, that are in great nick. And that can be either, you can use it as an inspiration and keep training hard, but a lot of people compare themselves and wonder why, oh, why can't I be like that? Well, mm. it's not really a fair comparison, is it? I remember two memories just came came to me. Well, okay, I'll do one of them. So I remember once I had a, a male client, a male online client, because I promised my dad when I became a PT that I would only train men online, that I wouldn't meet up with guys in parks or like PT studios. He was like, no, like we're not doing that. So I always have trained men online, like before I ever trained a woman online. And I remember I used to get sent pictures all the time of like, uh, what's he called? Randy Orton and like John Cena from men being like, this is how I want to look. And I was like, <laughs> okay, just a couple things, okay? <laughs> be like, number one, these are professional athletes who have been training to become professional wrestlers and, you know, at a very, inc- like incredibly, these guys are gymnasts, they're bodybuilders, they're athletes. Yeah. Like, that is not your average Joe. And two, do I really need to say it? Look at it. Look at that body and tell me if you think, Tell me about that body. Just come on. Just sitting going, 
pharmaceutically enhanced maybe (laughs) i'm like i don't even want to say it because every time i say anything i even i even hint at an anabolic aid my inbox blows up with people like this is really presumptuous and i'm like it's john cena what do you think you're looking at (laughs) but that's i think that's that again that's that's the issue is is that you know yeah you're looking at people who like and even taking that out of it, take the pharmaceutical side out of it, you're looking at people who are generally genetic freaks. You can't be a professional athlete if you're not an outlier, period. exactly. It's the same thing as they always talk about, oh, you know, if you train hard, like the Americans, you train hard enough, you can be an NFL star. No, you can't. It just doesn't work like that. You can't be six foot five. You can't be run the run your forty yard dash in three seconds. That's your genetic. You're you're genetically outlying everybody, and that's generally how it works. A hundred percent. And this is the thing. So every single man I've ever met in my life who looks like he's on steroids and isn't on steroids is a professional athlete at an international level, and that is not a mistake. Like. I remember like having a whole conversation with Eddie Jones about James. Like he was literally like, in the line for the buffet of a Six Nations dinner. And Eddie Jones was just looking at him like, look at his physique. Like it is so weird that like a white boy from Berkshire grew up <laughs> with a body like that. Like it's in fucking sane. And I looked around the room at like all that. And it's different. You know, if you talk about, you know, genetics do play a role and race does play a role. If you're looking at the Islanders, they these are like big guys, right? Yeah. And they're physiques us and when they when they get in shape because they can pack on fat as much as easy as they can pack, pack on muscle their physiques are incredible but these are the only men i have ever seen these are international professional rugby players who aren't on gear who look like they are your average joe cannot look like that without some kind of aid the high school i went to was down in the scottish border so it was like rugby territory so i ended up i played rugby at school with ross ford who's a former scotland captain so yeah. he'd probably be similar ages to james i'd have thought actually so what's what's I think james he's only a bit older james yeah. is 35 so yeah so um ross will be probably 36 37 i think he, he was two years younger than me at school but played at the same level because he was a freak this boy was like 13 years old he was playing against like 18 year olds in the first 15 and he was ragdolling them like literally remember we had a touring team come up from England back in back in the days when I used to play used to have guys teams would tour before like the Six Nations games or the Five Nations back then that's how fucking old I am (laughs) wow so they'd come up and tour so the kids would come up and play against your school and there was one game we were playing against I think it might have been a kind of London based team came up and shit you not guy on each leg guy on his back Guy holding on to his arm, and he still went over from ten meters oh. out. And the, the the coach of the other team went, "He'll play for Scotland one day." Like he is frightening. Like he just gave him the ball, and he just just smashed people. But again, exactly. genetic farming freak. That's pretty much the best way to look at. A hundred percent, and it just fits in. Per- the reason I bring it up is because it fits in perfectly to your point. You are following either people who are assisted or you're following like the genetically elite. And I hate to say it, and, and I've got another point which I'll talk on in a minute. Anybody can change their bodies, but genetics are fucking real, okay? And at some point, you have to embrace that and get on board with it. And we'll get to that because that's another real talk. But the one that I had for your kind of social media genetically elite is... <laughs> Sounds a bit more savage. <laughs> if she's on a if she's on a reality TV show, she's not a qualified coach. Now, oh, don't even. I know. That, I'm actually surprised I didn't pick one one of my real talks that was that one. To be fair, because that is just <sighs> obviously like so. You, I would class you as being sort of like a virtually a celebrity personal, a celebrity coach, right? What yeah. do you make of these people that are 
punting off fucking the only way is Essex. I'm going to be a trainer. Can take these supplements. Fucking bolt. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this is my thing. I've put underneath it. It sounds hypocritical, but guys, it's not fucking lost on me that from the ages of 20 to 24, when I kept got into health and fitness, I was working in TV. I did dancing on ice. I did the jump. Basically, I did any kind of physic- physical challenge I could get my hands on because shock horror... I love physical challenges, which is why I fell so madly in love with what I do now. And I went away and I thought, I, start, I started bodybuild, well not but I started lifting weights and I started kind of changing my diet. And my ex-boyfriend was a, a bodybuilder and a qualified coach, qualified PT. And I fell in love with it and I started blogging about it. And then everyone started asking me for advice. And the very first thought that came into my head was, well, I better fucking get qualified if I'm going to answer a question about what should I do in the gym. It was like literally as simple as, oh, I'm hungry. I'll go make some food. It was that simple to me. Like it wasn't, I didn't have to even weigh it up in my mind. And I would say a couple years later, and when health and fitness and Instagram kind of really started taking off, I started noticing that a lot of people who really weren't qualified, who didn't have any experience were now selling plans selling books telling like dishing out advice wrong advice bad advice shockingly left right and center and all it did was it just gave me a huge drive to say i need to get better at my job so that i have a fucking leg to stand on when i say that's a load of shit that obviously shows your thought process and the fact that you wanted to get better and educate yourself more and you didn't want to rest on your laurels and use this that to to make you to be who you are you wanted to be a separate entity and show how smart you are because you are like let's let's be honest like you know you talk huge amounts of sense when it comes to training especially for females and like obviously doing the ec method etc but the issue that we have is is that you know you have a huge amount of people who have got no fucking qualifications whatsoever punting out advice and there is no regulatory body that deals with that. Like, if, imagine you just turned around and said, well, tomorrow I'm going to be an online lawyer. I'm going to just start fucking out <laughs> legal advice. I'll charge 500 quid an hour. Come see me for your litigation needs. Can you imagine? <laughs> you get shot Can you get in jail. <laughs> I love that. Okay, right. Next real talk. Are you ready? Go, go, go. A simple tip to deal with stress. If you can control it, do something about it. If you can't control it, don't let it control you go yeah this is a real simple one that i try to work when i'm working with clients it's one of these things that it's easy for me to say but sometimes it's a little bit harder to for a client to enact is that we all have stresses in life there's always going to be something there something comes up whether it's family related work related but if you can control it fucking deal with it and i think a lot of people have this stress a sort of stressor on their life that can be dealt with there and then and they just put it off so it just causes more stress rather than let it cause more stress just fucking pick it up and do something with it like doesn't matter whether you just go i don't want to do anything with it. i don't need to do anything with this turf it you don't need to worry about it but if it's something that you can't control and i know this this is probably the more difficult one but something that i think probably worked with me because of a sporting background was if i can control it i'm going to go and do something about it but if it's something that i can't control like for instance a coach not liking me when i played football there's nothing I can do about that. So I just need to get over it. Like, it's simple as that. Whether that means having... Yeah, that is a very sportsman mentality. Yeah, and I understand I understand that because it's... it's Sometimes it's tough to pick something up and deal with it. Especially if it's maybe something yeah. to do with family or to do with friends. You know, we'll get, we'll get this regularly about, you know, f- people's family not being supportive. 
when it supportive. comes when yeah. it comes to things like if they're going through a fat loss phase or they're you know they're just trying to change their health habits etc sometimes you just need to realize that people aren't going to be aren't going to root for you even if they're family and you just need to deal with it sometimes you just need to take them aside and go fucking deal with it this is what i'm doing suck it up understand it get over it or you just carry on regardless I love that and everybody please listen to that like just because it's a parent or your best friend or even your partner doesn't mean they're gonna a get b understand or c support your goal it's just there are certain things right that i'll go to my mum with and certain things i'll go to my dad with because i know that if i go to my mum with specific things like if i've had an argument with james there's no fucking way in hell no matter what he's done she's gonna turn around and be like what an asshole it's never gonna happen right <laughs> never gonna happen okay my mom is not gonna say that but then there are certain things that like i would rather go to her with than my dad because my dad won't be like if i say to my dad like i'm really stressed he's like welcome to adulthood i'm like that's not helpful <laughs> at all so then i'll go to my mom like and this is and it's the same in life you know you can't think that everybody is going to be there for you with everything you have to kind of pick and choose who you speak to and i had a client today whose mom was like she's, she's lost about five pounds in about three weeks she's doing really well and she sent a photo of she's i don't know why she even took a before and after three weeks in but she took one anyway mm -hmm. <laughs> sent it to her mum, and her mum was like you look no different like you're obviously not working hard enough and she was really upset and i was like well a and i literally had to talk her through the whole thing and i was like but listen we're not going to your mum with anything to do with yeah. this journey anymore i think that's it and i think the other thing that people need to realize especially when you decide to make up a, a change to your to your health and your habits and stuff is that sometimes people will be supportive sometimes they won't be but you can't expect them to support you so you can't go if it's your partner you can't expect we had this discussion on them on the esg podcast actually so oh you know my partner's really not helpful when it comes to cutting they sit and they still eat donuts well <laughs> they're not cutting so why the f yeah so sometimes you just need to understand that your goals with your partner don't align and you need to go after it if, it, if you want it you need, still need to go after it it's like you know i'm currently i, I get married in a few months so i'm kind of cutting down a wee bit and uh, cutting down a wee bit also because i'm back to playing football fucking stupidly at the age i'm at so we'll see how i'll probably be broken after about Se <laughs> session one um but yeah so cutting a little bit away but i realized that laura she's she doesn't want to eat the same way i i'm eating and i just need to understand that and just deal with it you know it's the same thing as if you yeah. know i'll be there to support her if she wants to, to lose a bit of weight before the wedding which she probably she, she already, she's already going i need to lose weight so i can fit in my wedding dress and i'm like whereas i'm always like you don't need to but she's like i do i do i'm like okay so i'll support her on that one <laughs> but i'll probably i'd, I'd still I still eat chocolate in the house because I yeah but it doesn't mean I'm not being supportive I'm just not fall I'm just not going through it with you because that's your goal not mine a hundred percent and and I used to feel like I, James and I used to trip up this is the very first argument we ever had we used to trip up on this all the time the boy would literally like obviously just shovel his food down his mouth and I would be like you're making it really hard for me and he would always look at me again like athlete mentality and also completely fair and be like your goal is not my goal yeah. like piss off yeah. <laughs> fair enough and you, you you have to learn that quickly and that is definitely a caveat to you know, go to people who support you. Also, don't expect that everyone's going to have the same goal as you. Yeah, that's um, it. So the one, okay, so the one that I had uh, with that one was, I don't know why that made me think of this, but obviously it did. I said, anyone can change their body, but remember that genetics eventually require acceptance. And what I mean by that, guys, is 
I hate it when people are like, I, I don't have the genetics to look like that, fuck off. Everybody has the genetics to change their body. But at some point, if you have wide hips, as in your bone structure is that you have wide hips, well, great, because you're probably gonna get a thigh gap, which apparently is all the rage these days, but you're never gonna shrink the size of your hips, okay, number one. And if you actually, you know, if you are pear-shaped, for example, and I have this with a lot of girls, you are gonna get pretty little up top and you're gonna really struggle to bring down your lower body. And we can still do it to an extent, but this is where body acceptance is key. So I'm all for the self-love community and the self-love movement at a certain place and time. Yep. I, I think everybody should be aiming to get fit and healthy in this. And again, Andy, the next one we're gonna talk about touches on this if you have a, a a kind of a narcissistic goal that's absolutely fine totally acceptable but at some point it is likely that you're gonna have to accept your body for what it is and that's where self-love should really come front and center 100 percent. that's i've nailed it oh thanks okay right let's do one more because we, i still have like something i want to end on with you um and that's actually this one Vanity is without doubt a valid reason for taking your training and nutrition seriously. The better you look, the better you feel. It's a win-win situation. That's my favourite one. Go. Yeah, I think this is something that many people kind of look at as, oh, I'd, I'd like to feel and look, I'd like to look better and I'd like to look better naked in the mirror, but they don't want to accept the fact and tell people that that's their goal, when it's actual fact. Fuck that! That's your goal. You want to look good. You want to look sexy as fuck in the mirror. Go for it. That's a great. That's like honestly. See if I had a client. In fact, I actually did have a client come to me about maybe three or four years ago, and that was her goal. I want to look. Yeah. Fuck, I want to look fucking great when I'm naked in the mirror. I'm like happy days. That's what you want. That's that's a <laughs> perfectly valid goal. Like I think this whole thing is that you know what it's like. Everybody kind of makes judgments, and if you were to turn around and say vanity is my goal, people are like oh. That just makes you vain. Well, no, no. If you yeah. read the definition of vanity, it's got nothing to do with how my head works. It just means I want to look good. And also, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm 39 this year. I want to have kids. I want to fucking look good enough when I when my kids when I'm have kids that they look at me and go, "Fuck him, my dad's in great shape." By the way, like that's yes. my my dad's in good shape, and I want to be that. I, I want to be that dad. Like I've got no qualms in saying anything that, that to people. Like if you have if vanity is one of your goals fuck it go after it that is exactly what you want go get it who doesn't want to look good naked i i don't know anybody that wouldn't this is the thing right and as a woman it's so funny i think in the in the male community saying that is still absolutely accepted but as a woman mm. a second that you're like i want to look better i want to have abs i want to i want to feel confident in my bikini if you as soon as you put like an image on it Women everywhere are like, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. And it's like, okay, like, so listen, dieting is absolutely the optimal choice in terms of health and life for yep. a lot of women out there. Yep. And actually for some people, it's a suboptimal choice and maybe they need to step away from the salad, okay? Yep. We all know these people. We like, Why are we pretending that we don't know, know people where we're like, I'm, I kind of think for your health, maybe it might be better if you were to start watching what you're eating in terms of your calories and just general nutrients and health. Yep. And we all know the woman who we want to go to and be like, babe, relax, have a pizza. You've been dieting 
for nine months. Yeah. Like, we all know these people. Why are we pretending now that there is no spectrum and that everybody should be lumped into one category of love yourself? Because for some people in one context, that's going to be really harmful. And some people in, in another context, that's going to be really helpful. And I don't understand why we're just stamping all women. It's very sexist, women, if you're doing this. It's very sexist to stamp all women with this is what we should be doing with our bodies. No. No, I think I think you're right, and I think it's it is. You're all you're doing is you're hedging yourself into an avenue where you you might not want to be. Like, look at Shona. Like Shona's like if you see if you have a look at Shona's physique, Shona's physique is ridiculous. Like, and oh I God. know I know for a fact that many many girls, many females will look at her and go, "That's too much." And you know what my answer to that is? Go fuck yourself. If that's her goal and she wants to look like that, go after it. Like, this whole thing about judging people on how they look, or if you want to look a certain way, that's, that's down to you. That's exactly what you want. Fire on. Be like that. But don't then start poking, poking fun. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, poking, sort of, poking shit at people who are, want to be different to you. Some people, you know, may want to have a six pack. What's that like? I don't understand that one. When like you know, you'll have had, you'll definitely had this one where you've put up a picture of a modelling picture and you've had abs. It's too much. Who fucking says it's too, too much? much yeah. uh, who says it's too much? Yeah, for who? For who? For who? I'm sorry. Did you think that I was doing it for you? Like, yeah. John <laughs> from Reddit. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in the gym for you, and now you've told me I've gone too oh, far. Fuck. My heart. Fuck. What am I gonna do? My heart's broken. And it's like. Also, like the hypocrisy of it, because if I were to look at someone and I would never do this and be like, you need to lose some weight or you need to gain some weight or you need to do this, like purely from a health standpoint. And let's be honest, this is the, the thinly veiled excuse that people are using. It's about health, women. It's about health. And I'm saying that from a health standpoint, which I would never fucking do. No. That is unacceptable. But someone can look at me and be like, ooh, you're disgusting. Yeah. How is that okay? It's not okay. And that's the thing. As I say, <laughs> as we said earlier on, there's a lot of people on social media who have not been punched in the jaw for saying something to somebody and that is one of the things that probably needs maybe we need to experience that at some point imagine going oh on but imagine going on to anybody's picture like anyone's because like you see it if like you see one of like the olympia competitors like at the moment i think in in like olympia chris bumstead's physique is absolutely yeah. frightening that is a physique yeah. that i would look at and go do you know what if i could do that jesus christ i'd be wanting to look like that but you look that oh, you yeah. choke, go down the comments it's too much he's a fucking physique competitor he's supposed to he's look like that competitor like, they all look like they're too much they all look like genetic mutants yeah. that's the point exactly that's the point they're so, meant to look like statues that, that you that they're meant to look like superheroes in comic books yeah that's the sport that thing about people getting on their high horse and getting butthurt about something that's got genuinely nothing to do with them like they take it upon themselves to be the white knight riding into battle and you're like there's nobody needs a white knight nobody needs anything just keep riding into the sunset so when you talk about better you look the better you feel and round and round you go and i've always said that always and i'm a huge fan of that I've, I've been saying that since the very first episode of series one of the podcast and my one to compare to that is i love it that the self-love anti-diet movement is being pushed and peddled by mainstream fashion magazines an industry dedicated to how we look <laughs> Yeah, I found that. Ext I found that when it started. Well, who was it that put it out again? What? Cosmo. Yeah, and you're sitting going, "Wait a minute! You for the past the past thirty years have been promoting size zero, and now you've decided to jump on the bandwagon because it's the thing to do." 
and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with someone being like, you know what, yeah. we we got it wrong. We fucked up. Like, yeah. I say this all the time about my first book. If I could go back and redo that book from scratch, I would. Like, I'm like, fuck. And it's out there forever with my name on it. And so I get it. Like, I'm all for changing your mind. I'm all for it. But it's funny because you get five pages in and it's telling you to spend £5,000 on a Fendi bag. And I'm like, so hang on, hang on, hang on. We're not allowed to spend time, money, and effort on our health because it, we shouldn't care about how we look. Yeah. But we should go and spend five thousand pounds on a Fendi handbag, which was probably unethically made, <laughs> because it, it's important how we look. The contradiction. But the thing is, like, the, how long ago was it you wrote your first book? Oh my god, um, five years ago. So in those five years, you can stand up and honestly say that you have learned more. You've become more yeah. educated in everything. So you would look back and go, actually, do you know what? If I could go back and rewrite a book, I would, and I would do it this way. You've admitted that. It's the people that look back and go, oh, everything's perfect. It's fine. Yeah. You have to admit. Yeah, just just stand up and go, do you know what? I've changed. Like, my opinion has changed on what I, what I did back then, you know? And if I was yeah. to do it again, it would be different. And that's that's just that's developing as a person. It's just developing as a human being. Uh, understanding that you're never going to get everything right. Sometimes you're going to fuck it up. And it's a case of just putting your hands up and going, yeah, I screwed that one up a little bit. But... <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> yes, sorry about that. This is what we do going forward. I 100% agree. And I think also i say this to people all the time on social media never trust a fucking coach who never thinks that they're wrong yeah period 100%. because that's that's dogma <laughs> equals bad coach oh yeah and there's there's a lot of coaches out there that think they're the the bee's knees and in actual fact yeah. they're the bottom of the shitty, shit the shitty bucket so yeah, that's how andy and i actually got really close <laughs> on social media i was just like having an absolute meltdown there a, a period of time when was it last year and i yeah. was like i'm so angry i was so angry and upset by the way that a couple of people in our industry were behaving online and i don't know how andy and i ended up crossing paths at the same time but we did and then i was like oh my god thank god somebody else sees it too and i just was so grateful that i found you <laughs> have you seen uh, uh, the, the, my, one of my favorite memes is the one that's with Simon Cowell just standing like sitting with his arms open and the meme the meme says something like when everybody finally works out that that person that you thought was a dick is actually a dick you're sitting going <laughs> finally it's gone everybody knows you're sitting going it's about time <laughs> so funny it's so funny because I swear, like in our industry I know it sounds silly but like we like Andy's an amazing coach, and I know he is because well, I, know, I work. Stop with it. I'm going to start. I'm going to start blushing, Charlotte. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I and I like to think like I do everything I can to be a good coach. Like, everything in my power in terms of just being there for clients on like a, an emotional or you know mental level to also just knowing what I'm telling them to do. Science v application. What's realistic? What's pushing too hard? When am I not pushing them enough? And it's really hard when you see coaches who are doing really well who are horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible to their clients, and then all. All of a sudden you feel like you're doing something wrong it's really nice when kind of the coaching community can come together and support each other i think that is the big thing though isn't it it's one of those ones you'll because you want to develop as a person you'll constantly look at yourself and go how can i get better and am i doing the right things and you'll go to certain courses like you'll go in different people's courses and you're like i'm doing all of that so like actually give myself a pat on the back i'm doing all right you have clients that have been working with you for four or five years like i've got clients i've been working with now for 15 years like and i tell them regularly you guys can do this yourself like you don't need to see me every week but they're like no we want to be motivated we want to see you we want you to we want you to come and push us and push us hard and you know you sit and go do you know what we're doing a good job this is this is 
why I do what I do. This is exactly what I envisage myself being as a coach. And, you know, you, mm. people gravitate towards you because of that. You know, look at the number of people that you have coming through the EC method. There's a reason behind that is because you're knowledgeable. You know exactly what you're doing with people. You know how to speak to people. That is the number one thing in our industry where there are so many young coaches. If any young coaches are listening to this, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is you need to know how to speak to people. That's people who maybe learn how to speak to seven-year-olds, learn how to speak to seven 79 year olds and everything in between because if you can't converse and you can't speak to people you're fucked that's it you're you're not going to make it in the industry like you can have an average an average knowledge but a really good skill set with people and you will be a top class coach because you can develop your education yes to everything you just said and i can say this has actually been like one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. I feel like we we aired a lot of our kind of <laughs> thoughts and feelings, venting. both positive and negative. I mean, proper venting, but I also think that we, I, I mean, I feel like you gave some really good kind of advice to anybody listening who might be feeling a bit down on their goals or might be feeling a bit down on their quote unquote journey. And also it was good for us just to rant. <laughs> so, um, okay, right. I want everybody listening to go and follow Andy. Andy, first of all, I want you to leave everybody listening with a message that you just want them to take away, something you think what will help them and be positive for them to kind of take forward, um, where they can find you, the services that you offer, and then we'll wrap it up it's the same I think I read this actually on I think it was James's one today about the Lions thing is when he spoke about picking up the jersey and leaving it in a better place I think that just being as a human being if you can lift somebody up and move them forward in what they're doing you know as a coach that's all I really want is to be able to help people move forward and get the results that they want and to be able to give them a confident mindset of whatever it is they want to do you know and I think Everybody can achieve it. There's none of this stuff about, you know, oh, I don't think I can do it. Of course you can do it. You just need the right person supporting you and the right person beside you to help you with that. And I think, you know, mm. life is very simple. It really is. It's it's not difficult. And fitness and nutrition is not difficult either. And the beauty of what we do as coaches is simplify it and make it workable. And that's how it should be. You know, it's it's not about um, it's not about muddying the waters. It's about looking in the clear water and understanding where you're going. And I think speaking personally, I hope I do that. I know that you do that. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's that's exactly what that's what we want is want the industry to look like. Yeah, I think you do a fucking fantastic job of it. And I'm genuinely like genuinely happy I found you when I did when I was kind of losing all all faith in coaches on Instagram um Andy I've absolutely loved this episode do you just want to tell everyone where they can find you and what you can do for them and then we will wrap it up so um, I'm on Instagram as Alba underscore lifestyle I think it's the same on facebook and twitter as well i do one-to-one coaching in person if you're in the edinburgh area um or uh, i also do online stuff as well so yeah to be fair you know this as a coach you make it work yes especially in the last year everybody go follow him honestly because it's a very refreshing and much needed reality check um hence the real talk kind of uh, term and i i'm yeah i'm a huge fan so thank you so much for coming on the podcast andy thank you for and I having hope, me i think i hope to have you back i would love to do an episode two or follow up <laughs> absolutely anytime it's been an absolute pleasure and like it's you know it's exactly as you said like you know crossing paths and stuff like that it's been it's 
it's fun, you know. This is what it's about. It's about connecting with other people, connecting people with similar mindsets, and and working from there. You know, if if you do that, the world is your oyster. Brilliant, but perfect words to leave it on. So, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast, and I will see you again next week for another fantastic episode, and hopefully another fantastic guest. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Please make sure that you like, subscribe and to follow wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. If you're new to the podcast, please don't forget to catch up on series one, two and three to learn even more about all the topics my guests and I cover from nutrition to fitness, physique results and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.